Adult content intended for an adult audience only. Contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link above to further support this writer. Will You Marry Me? by Wendy Trilby 1983 It was my first day on the job as one of Santa's elves at the Arondequat Mall in Rochester. The Christmas rush was on, and the hot spot for this time of year was Santa's village in front of the J.C. Penney's. It was a vast display of North Pole workshops punctuated by an impressive Santa's castle. Santa's throne was outside the castle, perched on a mountain of gifts. This was the epicenter of experiencing the magic of Christmas if you were a kid or a college student looking to earn extra money. Santa's castle housed the team break room so the elves and Santa could take a break without walking through the mall and getting accosted by kids. I entered through the back door to be greeted by Kevin, the North Pole photographer and boss of the operation. Welcome to the North Pole, Elf Davy. Fuck me. It sucked that I needed a job over the holidays, and it sucked even worse the only job I could get was as an elf. I'm six foot one, for Christ's sake. Kevin gave me the rundown and handed me my elf costume. My coworker Jen would be in soon, and she could give me the particulars like how to deal with crying kids, angry moms, and vomit. Yeah, some of these kids get so freaked out they puke. Wow, this just kept getting better and better. Our break room was broken into two areas. A room with a couch, some chairs, and little else lit by the frosted windows that let in more light. A second room was a dressing room where we could change into our costumes. I emerged from the changing room in my elf costume. Yes, it was humiliating at twenty years old to be dressed as an elf especially in red tights that did nothing to hide my genitals. You look good, kid, said the guy playing Santa. A little tall for elf work. Hunch over. Keep that tunic low, or people will see your hard-on. I don't think I'll get any hard-ons working as an elf. You will when you see Jenny Juggs, he said with a lascivious smile. Jenny Juggs? Santa's other helper. She should be here any minute. Great, I thought to myself. I got a horny Santa who's hot for one of the elves. Looking out a scratch in the frosted window, I saw a line of kids waiting for Santa to emerge from his castle. It was about to be game on. The door opened, and a woman entered wearing a heavy winter parka. She had her back to me as she took it off to reveal her elf costume. Similar to mine with a red tunic, she had a fantastic ass wrapped in green capizio tights. The tight fabric wrapped itself around each ass cheek and left little to the imagination. If she was wearing underwear, it had to be made out of dental floss. She turned to face me and I could see that amazing ass was just the appetizer. She had huge breasts. Absolutely huge. While her elf tunic did its best to hide her amazing tits, there was plenty to see. I did what any guy would do, and I stared. Davy? I heard my name and looked up at the big tit girl who was smiling at me. Davy? You're going to elf with me this year. I can't believe it. With that, the attractive elf ran up to me and wrapped me in a tight embrace. I felt her breasts pushing against me. Santa took down his spectacles to watch. Jen? I said as I broke the embrace to get a look at her. It was Jennifer Ostern, my high school classmate. I haven't seen you since Susie Lyman's grad party. She said with delight. That was almost three years ago. Santa looked at the two of us. You two know each other? Since fifth grade? Jen said with a smile. We graduated from Hamilton in 82. Oh man, this is great. Davy is such fun. I had not said much of anything as I was still in awe of Jen's huge breasts. This was not how I remembered her. Not at all. She wasn't flat-chested in high school, but her boobs were nothing much to speak of. But now, this was unbelievable. It's the boobs, right? She said with a smile. Excuse me? 
What? I stumbled for words after getting busted for gawking. The boobs. I know the look. I get it a lot the summer after we graduated. I had a boob spurt, and they just got big. It might be because I quit running. My dad says it's because I like beer. So, yeah? I probably look different to you. You look great, and I can't believe it's been almost three years. In my mind, I was saying, I can't believe how big your tits are. Hey, I'm sorry to break up the reunion. Mall Santa interrupted. And I would love to hear more about your visit from the Tita Ferry, but we've got cranky kids out there, and it's time to do our thing. Right, Santa. Jen said with a smile, then hugged me again and bent over to put on her elf shoes. With her perfect ass just inches from my face, Santa nudged me and pointed to my tunic, where my hard-on was pressing against my tights. Why don't you take a minute to settle down before joining us outside? He urged as he patted Jen on the ass and ushered her outside to the cheering of all the kids. I rearranged myself and followed the two to Santa's throne. Jen was on one side, I was on the other, and from my vantage point, I could see the round of her breasts clad in a tight turtleneck behind her tunic. While I wished I had more time to stare at Jen's tits, the job of wrangling kids and keeping them happy and in line took up most of my afternoon. The kids were great, but from my position in line, I could hear the moms gossiping about the elf with the big boobs and was that appropriate for Santa's village. A dad escorting his two young kids elbowed me and leaned back conspiratorially. How did you land this job, kid? Lots of milk for your cookies. Am I right? I smiled but was put off by the commentary. Then again, I also had been fixated on Jen's breasts, and I wondered if I was any better than that horny dad. Santa's village closed at seven, and we retreated to the castle to change into civilian clothing. Our mall Santa, who was a damned good Santa with a real pot belly and natural beard, headed out in his outfit, having another event to attend as Jolly Saint Nick. Jen used the changing room first as we talked through the door. How was the first day? She asked. Not as bad as I would have thought. I thought the kids would be monsters, but they were good. The parents are too much. Tell me about it, she replied. I got groped at least three times by some of the dads. That's not cool, I said in her defense. Comes with the territory. But I appreciate your support. Hey, you want to get something to eat? I realized how hungry I was, and we headed to the TGI Fridays at the end of the mall and enjoyed a plate of nachos and potato skins while we caught up on the past three years. Jen got into several colleges but was currently attending our local community college. I don't know what I want to do yet, and spending almost $6,000 a year to attend a university seems crazy. I'm saving money, though. I also work as a cashier at the Price Chopper Grocery on Genesee Street. She had been dating Jimmy Malone, who graduated a year ahead of us. He was already selling real estate and had an apartment. I told her about the end of my recent relationship at college. Claudia was a handful, extremely high maintenance and I don't think she was ever that into me. Jen wanted to get out of Rochester as soon as possible. She was saving money to get a good car and then roll out. She dreamed of heading west, north, or even south. I had to agree. There wasn't much here for either of us. I walked Jen to her car and made sure she got in safely. She hugged me warmly and told me how excited she was that we would work together for the next few weeks. I drove home to my parents' house and fell asleep fast. Those kids sure did wear me out. The next few days were busy at the mall. The mall was packed, and the lines at Santa's village were long. While I loved entertaining the kids as a six-foot elf, it was the break time in Santa's castle when I got to sit and talk to Jen, which I looked forward to. Mall Santa told us about his time in California, warm beaches, Hollywood, and Disneyland. Considering the almost sub-zero temperatures outside, that sounded amazing. He was a bit of a kook, was always in costume, and we suspected he might be stoned half the time.
but he was great with the kids. Kind, compassionate, and always knew the right thing to say. No child ever cried in his lap. Jimmy Malone came by to pick Jen up one evening and got a look at me in my costume. He was the kind of guy who needed to make a jackass comment about anything, and he unloaded on me. Jen told him to knock it off. She had changed into her civilian clothes, and I could only marvel at her shape as she walked off with Jimmy. The guy was an asshole in high school and now worse. Why do nice girls always fall for assholes? So you've fallen for Jenny Jugs, Mall Santa said as he watched her ass twitch as she walked away. What? No. She has a boyfriend and... Kid, I call it like I see it, and you've fallen for Jen Jugs. You shouldn't call her that. Again, I call it as I see it, and those are some major league gazangas. We could use a Mrs. Claus around here to keep you under control. I replied. I just call it as I dash. See it? Yes, I know. Hey, you got a car? Can you ride old Santa to the tap room on Lytton Street? In your outfit? No one ever charges a Santa for drinks at Christmas time. I drove Mall Santa to the bar and watched him wander in. Whoever that old-timer was, he had the Santa game down cold, and I doubt he paid for a meal or drink all December. At home that night, I pulled out my senior yearbook and flipped through the pages. I stopped on Jen's old photo. It was a classic female senior photo with a black top off the shoulders and a pearl necklace. Her cleavage showed, but there wasn't that much to offer. That difference between three years ago and now was astounding. As I drifted to sleep that night, I saw Jen standing in my bedroom. She wore all black tights and a skin-tight top that seemed to be painted on. I don't want to wake your parents, she said as she slipped into my bed. This was the bed of my childhood, only a twin, so when she crept under the sheets, she was practically on top of me. As her breasts pressed on my chest, my cock began to swell. There was no way she could not help but feel it against her body. I could feel her hand make its way down my chest and then over my boxers as she gently massaged my heart on. I've seen you looking at my tits at work. Despite my attempts not to get caught looking, I knew it had been evident, but they were so big, and she was always on my mind. You want to see them? I nodded yes, unable to believe what was happening. Jen moved to straddle my waist as I lay on the bed. My cock was now pressing hard against her ass. She had to be feeling that. She smiled and pulled her black top over her head, revealing her massive breasts with large cherry-red nipples with a pronounced dimple on the tip. Grasping her left breast with two hands, she leaned forward, bringing it to my face. Just before she placed it in my mouth, she drew back, teasing me with the nipple. Moving forward, she gently traced the tip of her nipple around my lips before slowly inserting it into my mouth to meet my waiting tongue. Her nipple was large and fleshy. I could feel the bumps around her areola as my tongue circled and searched her flesh. She shifted her ass, and that was it. I was going to come. Nothing could stop it now. The orgasmic sensation began in my legs, and my cock released streams of thick hot semen. It was then I awoke, dazed and confused. I looked for Jen, only then realizing I was alone in my childhood bed. I reached down to feel my withering cock finding it slathered in my cum. It had been my first wet dream since I was a kid. I lay back in bed, tired and frustrated from my dream encounter. The next day, I was walking into the mall when I saw Jen getting dropped off. She waved and ran over to me. Hey, my car is in the shop. Can you give me a ride home tonight? Sure, glad to. I responded as we entered the mall. It was another day of kids, costumes, and time spent with Jen. I could take or leave the kids in the costumes, but spending time with Jen was special. Jen took off her parka to reveal her robust full figure clad in festive Christmas colors. Wow, you look great. I began, but as I did, the images of our dream sexual interlude flooded my brain. 
I blushed and turned away from her to hide my unexpected embarrassment. What's up? You okay? It's just so warm in here. When I come in from the cold and hit the heat, I continued to divert my eyes out of fear of looking at her and getting redder in the face or, worse yet, sporting an erection. Jen playfully grabbed my arm and held it as we walked towards Santa's village. Her friendly embrace flooded me with warmth and pride. People would think we were a couple, and for those few moments, I imagined us off on a beach together. Then Mal Santa ruined the moment. Hey, no fraternizing allowed at the North Pole, he said with a chuckle, knowing he had ruined my fantasy. Right you are, Santa, Jen said as she released my arm and gave him a military salute. We entered Santa's castle, and Jen entered the changing room to get her elf outfit on. You hitting that, kid? Mal Santa asked. No, I've told you before, we're friends. Kid, I've been around a very long time, and I know love struck when I see it, and I'm looking at it right now. Jen exited the changing room with red tights and a tight turtleneck. Her firm nipples tinted over her breasts as she brushed off the frumpy tunic she would then place over her top and hide her natural talents. Skip the tunic today and give the dad something to enjoy while in line, Santa said. Really, Santa? Jen said, rolling her eyes. This was years before HR departments even knew how to spell the word harassment. Jen smiled and let it go, as she always had. Santa gave me a nudge and made the big-titted gesture outside of her view. I entered the changing room and took my elf outfit from my bag. Jen's bag of civilian clothes was on a hook, and the zipper was slightly open. As I changed, my mind wandered, and finally, I could resist no longer. I opened her bag to find her civilian clothes neatly folded for after work. I was tempted to smell her clothing but decided against it. I changed and joined her and Mall Santa for another day of pre-Christmas fun. It was time for our lunch break, which Jen and I usually took at the food court. But today, her boyfriend was coming by, so she ran into the changing room and emerged in her civilian clothes. I went to the Sparrow Pizza, dressed as an elf, got my slices with the employee discount, and returned to Santa's castle. Mall Santa was sleeping on the old couch as I ate my slices to his snoring. Through the open door of the changing room, I could see Jen's elf outfit hanging on the hook. With Santa in slumberland, I crept into the room, took Jen's tights off the hook, and put the moist crotch to my face. Wearing the elf outfit was hot work, and we both sweat a few pounds off that season. I knew her fragrance would linger on the leggings and was not disappointed. I inhaled her savory scent, which went right to my brain like a drug, causing my hormones to rush frantically. I inhaled again. Her fragrance smelled like warm figs with a touch of sweetness. The smell of her laundry detergent was unable to overpower her natural essence. I desperately inhaled several times, huffing her sweat perfume. I carefully put her tights back and nervously ate my slices. Jen returned to work, put on her outfit, and joined me at Santa's side. She was quiet most of the afternoon, lost in thought. She revealed her boyfriend had broken off their relationship on the drive home. She didn't see it coming, but he was involved with a co-worker and wanted a clean break before Christmas. It's sad not to have a boyfriend during the holidays, she said with a lilt in her voice. Tell you what, you can have me as your work boyfriend, I said. We spend all day together. People call us Mr. and Mrs. Elf, so there you have it. My elf boyfriend. What's our backstory? She asked. Our backstory? Any good story has a great backstory. How did we become us? Okay, we both attended North Pole High School, and you were in charge of bows on the gift wrap committee. I think I should have worked with the reindeer. Okay, you are Donner's Wrangler. His name is Donder. Are you sure you are an actual elf? I am. I'm in charge of stocking stuffers. It's a thankless job because everyone forgets about my toys when the big toys roll out. 
but I get unlimited Toblerone bars, so play your cards right, and I can hook you up. Sorry, I don't want any. Chocolate is terrible for the reindeer, so no thanks to your triangle chocolate. That donder gets into everything. You are not making this backstory stuff easy, I said. We first dated 300 years ago, engaged 100 years ago, and we've been married for 50 years. We're married. I love that. Do we have kids? Little elves? We're still considered newlyweds, so we're working on that. We're trying to have baby elves. How often do we try? She asked slyly. Santa keeps us busy, so we try when we can. Okay, well, let me add that the gals in gift wrap are so jealous of me because they all wanted to date you, but I got you first. Yeah, that gift wrap team can be pretty catty. Every guy elf in stocking stuffers has a crush on you. I'm pretty sure the entire place does. Ah, that's sweet. But three hundred years ago, I met you, and that's all I need. I was lost in the narrative the two of us were spinning, a fantasy life spent together. Sure, it was a fantasy that we were elves who worked for Santa, but it felt so good. I like this story. It makes me feel loved, she said. I know it's silly, but you are kind to play along. I got down on my knees in a mock proposal. Will you marry me? I asked. Marry? Like Merry Christmas? I assume that's how elves propose. Will you marry me? Of course I will. I mean, dating for one hundred years seems like enough? Jen's smile seemed to wipe away all the sadness. She leaned in and kissed me on the cheek. We held close for a moment, very close. It felt like she was waiting for me to kiss her. Perhaps she was thinking about kissing me? It was uncertain and awkward, and I let the moment pass, not wanting to appear to be capitalizing on her breakup. We're getting married. Thank you for that. Jen exited the car, and I waited until she was safely inside the front door. Deep down, it wished it were true. I could easily see spending my life together with Jen. I saw houses and families and holidays and even getting old. All happily married to Jen. I drove home knowing I would have a dream about my North Pole fiancé and hoped it would be as intense as the last one. It was more intense. My Fanny Farmer chocolate advent calendar at home was counting down to Christmas Eve. It was a countdown until my time at the North Pole was over, and I would lose my North Pole wife. Each day, I grew more excited to see Jen at work. Watching her was magic, her smile and gentle way with kids, her ability to handle the parents, and her ability to keep Stone Mall Santa in check. Christmas Eve. The crowds were immense. So many parents had put off their visit to Santa until the last minute, so the day was hectic and long. Still, Jen and I had a wonderful time referring to each other as elf husband and elf wife. At five o'clock, the mall closed, and we entered Santa's castle to change. Mall Santa thanked us for our service to Christmas like we were veterans returning home from war. He was sincere in his thanks. Despite his innuendos and asides, he did love Christmas. As he had every night, he wandered off in his Santa suit. No doubt he would drink for free wherever he went tonight. I sat on the couch, exhausted. Jen sat next to me and handed me a wrapped gift. Open it, she insisted. It was flat, and so it was obviously a record album. I tore it open to see it was a Bob Seger album, The Distance. I hope you like Bob Seger. There's a song on this album. I heard it on the radio. Roll me away. It's about a guy who feels lost, and he gets on a motorcycle and drives away. He meets a girl, and she feels the same way and joins him. They drive off into the mountains. She looked at the album. That's us. We need to go to the mountains. The ocean. Anywhere that isn't Rochester. Let's make it somewhere special. I added. Quiet. Not too many people around. I got it. She said. Let's go to an island. I've never slept on an island. 
I handed her a small, wrapped box. She smiled and opened it to find a necklace with the charm of two elves, a male and female, holding hands. That's us. It's great. I love it. Look at them. They're married. She gave me a big hug. I'm going to wear this every Christmas season to remind me of my North Pole husband. She opened the clasp and asked me to put it on her. As I secured it around her neck, she noticed the plate on the comfy chair Santa had claimed as his own all month. The plate was wrapped in foil. She unwrapped it, revealing a plate full of brownies. How sweet is he? He made us brownies, she said with a smile. I sniffed, took a small bite, and smiled at Jen. Santa's secret recipe? It's the herbs. Herbs and brownies? Pot. Pot brownies, Jen? Oh. Mall Santa is such a bad boy. She giggled. Now we know why he is so jolly all the time. I've never tried pot. Really? Not even in high school? I asked. Nope. Let's try some. Just a nibble. You sure? It's Christmas Eve. I reminded her. And my grandparents are over. So, if some of Santa's jolly brownies can help me through the night of hearing the same story told repeatedly, give me the whole plate. Jen picked up the brownie, sniffed it, and then took a bite. She nodded, approving the taste, and handed it to me. I took a slightly larger bite and agreed Mall Santa was a good cook. She sat on the couch. I don't feel anything. It takes time. Maybe an hour. Jen split the brownie in two, handing me back an equal share. She took another bite, and I followed her lead. We shared some of our best parent encounters over the last week. Jen had received no less than eight phone numbers from horny dads and two from moms. I didn't have as much luck. There was a handsy mom and a grandfather who might have been having a seizure or was groping me. I wasn't sure which. No one ever gave me a second look before my tits grew. Jen said. Now, it's constant. I like the attention, but then sometimes it's too much. I gave you a second look in high school. I said. I asked you to the movies. I asked you to go see Kadishak with me. What? No, you didn't. She laughed. I did. We were in the yearbook office. And I said let's go see Kadishak, and you said you didn't like golf and it looks dumb and... That was you asking me on a date? She interrupted. And you said you had to get up early the next day. I think you dropped four excuses in one sentence. Oh shit, that was you asking me on a date? And that was me not getting that at all. Wow. I missed the boat by a mile. She smiled and looked at me with puppy dog eyes. Thank you for asking me out back then. And I apologize for Jeno's rude behavior. Did you just refer to yourself in the third person and with a nickname I've never heard? I think I did. I also feel like I am floating right now. The brownies? I was feeling it too. It was a nice, velvety feeling of swaying. My mind wandered. It was pleasant. Jen stood and walked toward me. I stood unsure. She came right up to me and put her hand on my face. This was it. I closed my eyes as her hand caressed my face. I puckered my lips slightly, and then she stopped. I opened my eyes to see her moving away. You had a piece of brownie on your face. It was driving me nuts. I'm kinda OCD, and I think the pot makes it worse. I thought you were going to kiss me. I stated. I realized halfway through the sentence I was saying my thoughts out loud. It was like driving a car off a cliff. There was no turning back once the words left my mouth. She looked at me with a dreamy smile. I am. I just had to get that brownie off your face. It was driving me. I could not wait for her to finish, so I kissed her deeply. Her mouth met mine, and we immediately shared a warm, passionate kiss. Our tongues probed as our arms locked us together. Her breasts pushed against my chest as I embraced her tighter. 
My hands went to her ass, grasping it tight, and she lifted her legs, wrapping them around me. I held her off the ground but was unsure how long I could manage that. Moving across the room, I put her down on a counter. She pulled her elf tunic over her head, leaving only the skin-tight turtleneck between me and her amazing breasts. She knew I wanted to taste and feel them and decided to make me work for it. Pushing me back, she spread her legs wide, where I could see a growing wet stain. Looking at me suggestively, she massaged her pussy over the damp fabric as I watched. Taste me. She said more as a demand than a request. I'll help you take off the leggings. I replied. No, rip them open. I won't need these anymore. Think of me as your Christmas present. If you want it, you better unwrap it. She continued to massage her crotch over the fabric, seemingly content to continue to do so unless I got aggressive. Kneeling so my face was at her open crotch, I used two hands to pull at the fabric, which was much stronger than I thought it would be. How bad do you want this? She asked. Very bad. I pulled as hard as possible. The fabric began to tear, creating a slight hole off-center. I pushed my finger into the hole, feeling her thick bush hiding behind it. Pulling harder, the small hole widened, and the green fabric tore away to reveal her thick black bush, which glistened from her wetness and sweat. A wave of her beckoning fragrance swept over me, infiltrating my senses and causing my balls to swell. She helped tear the fabric open, leaving nothing between me and her wet vagina. Using her fingers, she parted her labia and revealed her pinkness. I pushed in, giving her a slow, deliberate lick from the bottom of her pussy to the top, causing her to shudder. Oh God, that feels so good. I love getting the tongue. Her accolades made me burrow in harder, locating her clit and circling it delicately. I could feel her clit swelling from my prodding, sweating out a light lubricant that had a sweet nectar taste. Moving off her clit, I made a slow move down and up pussy as her juices slathered my face. Jen leaned back and opened her legs wider. I got a peek at her dark starfish, which was pulsating in reaction to my tongue working her pussy into a frenzy. The couch. Put me on the couch. She desperately commanded. I stood, picked her up, and laid her on the couch as she stroked her pussy with her long fingers. I had been with a few women, but she was the first I ever saw finger herself. I felt my cock pressing on my tights, attempting to exit through the top. She opened her legs wider, displaying her pinkness. She moved her legging-covered foot and pressed it against my hard-on. Moving the ball of her foot up and down the length of my cock I was desperate to pull my tights down. Unwrap my gift, she purred in a semi-stoned whisper. She pressed on my cock with her foot, and I got the message. I grasped the fabric of my tights along the seam and pulled at it. Fortunately, the fabric was thin and ripped away, revealing my underwear. Jen sat up and laughed. You double-wrapped my gift. With that, she crept forward, putting her face against my bulge, and pulled down my underwear and the remains of my tights, allowing my cock to spring free and slap her in the face. She flinched slightly and then captured my cock in her mouth without using her hands. I felt my heartbeat in my penis as it throbbed in her mouth. Moving in closer, she slid my manhood into her mouth in a single low, slow glide until her lips were buried around the shaft of my pulsating rod. She didn't gag but held it in place as my balls began to swell. Finally, she needed to breathe and brought my cock out of her mouth. My penis was coated in her saliva, which she then used as lube to masturbate me while offering gentle licks of my shaft. Cupping my balls, she slid my cock into her mouth again, not as deep this time, and began to bob in and out on it, allowing me to fuck her face. I was unsure if this was her endgame. This was a terrific blowjob. Should I come in her mouth? Would there be more? I didn't want this to end, but if I kept fucking her face at this pace, I would come violently in her mouth. That much I knew. Jen sensed my predicament and eased off. 
I wasn't sure how deep her sexual knowledge went, but my guess was she had more experience than I did. She stood up, with her right hand, massaged my cock, and with her left hand pulled me in for a heated wet kiss. My hands went to her tits, still cloaked by her turtleneck. Grabbing the bottom of the shirt, I lifted it up and over her vast breasts, revealing a delicate but strong bra. Even through the fabric of the bra, her large nipples were pushing outward. You want me to rip this off, too? No, finding a good bra is hard for me. My hand drifted behind her back, looking to unsnap the bra and set her breasts free. She laughed and pushed me back. You've never worked with tits this big, have you? You don't even know where to start. I shook my head no. She reached between her breasts and undid a front buckle. Her bra fell away left and right, and her bountiful breasts did a pleasant bounce down. Despite being large, they were surprisingly firm in figure but buttersoft to feel. Jen smiled as she watched me admire her breasts. She knew they were her best feature which is why she started with her pussy. I moved in slowly, unsure whether to touch or lick them. She helped by lifting her left breast up so the nipple was at my mouth, then pushed it to my lips. I opened my mouth, and she fed me her breast. Her nipples were thick and swollen. My senses, sharpened by the pot brownie, allowed me to feel their texture as I suckled her. The bumps around her areola, even the dimple on the end of her pert nipple, I felt it all, and from her reaction, so could she. It was evident her breasts were sensitive, and she closed her eyes to enjoy the pleasure she derived as I circled and sucked her swollen teat. After a few minutes, she pulled back and began to massage her breasts, letting her nipples peek through her fingers. As she played with her breasts, she gently widened and then closed her cleavage gap. You going to fuck me or just watch me play with my tits? She purred. How about I fuck your tits, and we call it even? I said, half-joking. I need to feel you inside me now. Leaning back on the couch, she reached down, put her hands behind her knees, and pulled her legs open. Her thick tangle of pubic hair parted, revealing her pink passage. Still wet from my saliva and her increasing flow, I could see a bud of dew on her enlarged clit. I desperately wanted to taste her again but she reached for my cock and began to stroke it. I lowered myself on top of her and pushed myself inside. The heat from her entry almost burned as it enveloped my cock. Her smooth velvet walls and strong muscles pulled me in. Once deep inside, I held still. Jen's mouth found my face, and she began licking the moist remains of her pussy's effluence off my mouth. I withdrew halfway, then pushed in again slowly. Holding myself off her so I could witness the penetration— her wild pussy hair and my thick pubes tangled into one as I slid my entire length inside her. She gasped with pleasure and felt her insides contract. With her hand on my ass, she kneaded it gently, giving me a physical prompt to increase my cadence. I began to push and pull faster. Her wetness made a moist fapping sound as her pussy began to flood with excitement. Her kisses were deep, with her long tongue exploring the depths of my mouth. As I rode her, her large breasts rolled back and forth with our movement. She kept her legs out and up so my cock could reach deep. Our mutual heat rose, and a sheen of sweat built on our bodies as our friction heated the small room. Then a voice. It was mall security doing their patrol. I stopped with my cock deep inside Jen and put my finger to my lips to indicate our need to be silent for a moment. Jen lay back below me, her body gently lit and glowing. She looked perfect at that moment. Perfect. We could hear the two security officers leaving as I pulled out of Jen and crept to the window to check. I scratched the frosted window and saw the two walk out of sight. When I returned, Jen pushed me to the couch. Sit back, I want to get on top so I can see your face as I fuck you. She whispered. I had always thought it was the guy who fucks the girl, but this was the 80s, and why shouldn't a woman get to be the one doing the fucking? I was more than glad to let her take charge. Jen shed the remains of her torn tights.
Now, she was fully nude, and the view was spectacular. Her large breasts hung slightly outward. Her full bush, which would have easily escaped her panties if she had bothered to wear any, glistened from our fucking, sweat, and her moisture. I massaged my cock while looking at her, happy to masturbate myself to her beauty. She approached, placed her knees on the couch, and crawled forward until she straddled me as I sat up and back on the sofa, my feet on the floor. Her wet slit found my cock, and before I could use my fingers to open her pussy to receive me, she simply slid down on my shaft, swallowing it in with her hungry snatch. Using her full weight, she settled in on my lap, allowing my cock its deepest penetration yet. She held it, and then began to ride it up and down, moaning in the process. If this is being high, then I love it. I can feel every nerve in my body. Oh God, this is the only way to fuck. If I ever ran into Mal Santa again, I would thank him for the pot brownies and how it worked so well for Jenny Juggs. Did I call her Jenny Juggs in my mind? My brain was confused, and I could hear my thoughts as if spoken by a narrator. I felt out of body great. No wonder pot was illegal, and would always be. Jen put her hands behind my head and brought my face into the valley between her huge breasts. They hung in a pleasant teardrop shape, curving up at the bottom, causing her nipples to point toward the ceiling. She pulled my face between her breasts. The valley between each fleshy mound was wet with sweat. I kissed and licked her flesh, tasting her salty perspiration. Moving my head to the right, I found her nipple and suckled her. If I remember nothing else, I will never forget her pussy. Each time she would slide up, her strong pussy lips grabbed my cock tight like a turtleneck, never breaking contact. I moved my hands to her ass to support her as she traveled up and down on my penis, greasing it with her thick drippings. Gripping her butt tight, my forefinger unintentionally pressed against her asshole. She reacted with a gasp and looked at me, unsure of my intentions. This was the mid-80s, and anything anal was still only in the realm of penthouse forum stories. Still, I kept my finger on her brown button, enjoying the reaction it was bringing. Jen's pucker pushed on my finger, begging my finger to enter, but I held it at bay, unsure how she might react if I penetrated her ass with my finger. Jen began to shake and grasped me tighter. Her pussy began to contract. I'm coming. Stay inside until I get off. She begged. Can I come inside you? Is it safe? She shook her head no. I'm not on the pill, she said between desperate gasps. I'll finish you after I come. She offered. I promise. The idea of withdrawing and coming in her mouth nearly caused me to ejaculate on the spot, but I did my best to distract myself as she increased her motion and even brought her fingers to her pussy to coax her clit over the top. Her body began to sweat slightly as she shook from the finger and cock-inspired orgasm. She bucked and, instead of riding me up and down, changed her motion to back and forth so her large clit could get involved. Oh God, I wanted to come so bad. I had to hold off. She opened her mouth to moan or say something but could not speak as she went stiff from her orgasm. The pulsations of her vagina on my cock attempted to do what nature intended and coax out my semen. Her ass throbbed quickly, revealing each wave of pleasure she was experiencing. The quick pace slowed as she guided her orgasm to a soft landing. I held still, afraid to move for fear of ejaculation. When she got her wits about her, she gently dismounted and stood over me, swaying with a combination of post-orgasmic and THC pleasure. She massaged her nipples with her fingers, then got to her knees on the ground and crawled forward until she was between my legs. She began to stroke my cock, which was purple with anticipation but stopped when she moved in close enough to enclose her breasts around my shaft. Well lubricated from her wet vagina, my cock disappeared in her soft flesh then the tip would appear just under her chin. Her tits felt as warm and inviting as her pussy. She smiled and licked her lips. I could not take it any longer and was surprised I took it this long. 
She squeezed her breasts together, burying my cock in her soft flesh. She gripped her breasts by the nipples, allowing the pink tips to jet between her fingers. She moved down, and the tip of my cock shot up. She reversed and pulled back, and my cock disappeared into her fleshy mounds enjoying her ability to give me pleasure with only her tits. I felt my orgasm collect like particles of energy, then move in force up through my balls, up my cock. I feel you getting ready to come. She purred. Just then, a hot white rope of pungent, thick batter shot from my cock and dropped on the curve of her breasts. A second shot of cum followed it hit, and a third, all thick and white. As the semen dripped back down her tit valley and along my cock, more semen ejected, getting more transparent with each volley. She released the grasp on her tits and let my cock fall free. As she stood up, my cum ran down her the insides of her breasts, across her stomach, seeming to search for her pussy, doing its job to try and impregnate her. Jen took a section of her torn, discarded leggings and wiped my cum from her stomach. She then mopped up her tits. When she was finished, she sat naked on the couch next to me and cuddled in close. I held her with one arm as I gently massaged my limp cock with the other hand, attempting to ride the orgasm wave as long as I could. I leaned in to kiss her. We embraced each other, and I held her close. At that moment, I imagined she and I together long into the future. It was the perfect moment. She looked at the elf charm I had given her with a smile. This will always remind me of us. Is there in U.S.? I asked. I know I would like that to be true. Why would you want to have me as a girlfriend? Because you're fun to be with, you're kind, and we have a connection. She gave me a warm hug, but no verbal response. I didn't want to push it, not after spending an intimate moment with her. We dressed and left Santa's village for the last time. The mall was closed, with only the night cleaning crew left to do their work. I drove Jen to her parents' house with little conversation. We had grown close over the past three weeks and had been intimate just an hour ago. What happens now, I wondered. I feel lost in this city. I swear I'm a character in a Bruce Springsteen song, just trapped here for the rest of my life. She said sadly. I know we've only had a few weeks together, but they've been great. I don't need to go back to school in Boston. Let's do it. Drive west. I would love that, but dash. But what? I demanded. I don't know. My parents, for one. My job. We gotta get out while we're young. I said desperately. You are quoting a Bruce Springsteen song. I am trying to tell you I will come by your house on the 28th, and if you are ready to change your life, to stop feeling lost, you'll get in that car with me, and we won't stop until you sleep on an island. An island? Because you wanted to. I said with complete sincerity. I was 100% committed to this idea. Do you promise? Promise to come for me? I nodded my head yes. I had just committed to Jen to drop out of college and drive with her west until we found an island. This was crazy. My parents would be furious. God, I wanted this more than anything in life. Pulling onto Jen Street, I saw a car parked in front of her house. On her lawn, Jimmy was waiting. Jen, where the hell have you been? He said with anger in his voice. I work Christmas Eve, Jimmy. Why are you here? Jen turned to face me. I had a great time tonight, and I don't want it to end, but I've got to deal with this. The 28th, right? You promised to get me the 28th? I nodded yes. You going to be okay? She nodded yes and got out of the car. Hey, Davy. Quit moving in on her just because we broke up. Couldn't wait, huh, guy? Jimmy shouted. Knock it off, Jimmy. He drove me home, that's all. Her. That's all. Statement's dumb. It was an excellent opportunity to tell Chad she had moved on from him and I was someone special. I watched her in the rearview as I drove away and never saw her again for twenty years. Jenny. 2003
I have an expired coupon for chunky soup. Will you take it? The angry woman at the checkout line shouted. The checker looked over to me. Jen, chunky soup coupon from 2002? Yes? No? It was Christmas Eve, and the year-old coupon was worth 30 cents. What did I care? Price Chopper had never been great to me, so who cares if they took the hit on 30 cents? I nodded yes. Despite my kindness, the woman looked at me with the disdain people show to service workers. She was demanding a 30-cent discount, yet I was somehow beneath her. How could I be pushing 40 years old and have worked at the same grocery store for two decades? Rochester had lost a little bit of everything over the past 20 years. Businesses had left, and this once prosperous area was joining all the other cities of the Rust Belt and slowly decaying away. This coming year, I was going to get out of this town. I said it in the past, but things needed to change, and leaving Rochester was at the top of my list. My shift ended early, enough to hit the mall for some last-minute gift shopping. I was getting worse each year when it came to Christmas, putting things off. I would get my mom a sweater from Penny's. She didn't need or want it, but I was out of ideas, time, and money, so it would be a sweater. I know Christmas is a time of wonder and joy, but it was one day I could spend off my feet, and that's about it. I walked through the mall, noting that some storefronts were empty. Only a few, but the mall was jam-packed back in my teen years and not so much this year. As I approached J.C. Penney's, I saw Santa's Village. It was the same set of buildings the mall had used for years. Wow, it had been twenty years since I worked as one of Santa's elves the toy shop, bakery, and Santa's castle that held the break room. I recalled Christmas Eve in 1983 and my one-night stand with Davy Powell in Santa's castle. After three weeks of working together as elves, we did it after the mall closed. Thinking back, that was the highlight of my sexual adventures, a moment I relived now and again when I needed self-relief, which lately seemed to be often. The line for Santa was long, and the elves looked unconvincing. Santa, on the other hand, was on point. I did a double take. Santa not only looked like a real Santa but also like the mall Santa I had worked with twenty years ago. I moved in to get a better look as a kid jumped off his lap. Santa looked at me with an all-knowing smile and winked. It had to be the same guy. I remember his gift of pop brownies and how the high from that treat lowered the tension between Davy and me. I waved at him, and he returned a smile and blew me a kiss. It was a strange moment, and I felt like I was in a Mentos commercial. Heading into JCPenney's, a man walked past on his cell phone. He didn't see me, but I saw him and sidestepped right into a bench to avoid being knocked over. I slammed my shins. Oh shit! I said out loud as I massaged my legs. The man pocketed his phone and turned to help me. I am so sorry, that is my fault, he said as he approached. Are you okay? I'm fine, I said in frustration. Jen? Jen Austin? I looked up at the man for the first time. He was my age, well-dressed and handsome. He looked at me like we knew each other and... Davy? Davy Powell? I said in amazement. Oh my god. I was thinking about you. Just now. Really? Why would you? Davy looked over at Santa's castle and smiled. Well, maybe not such a random thought. If that building could talk. Do you live here? I asked. No. I live in Austin now. I'm just back to see my parents. Well, my mom. She's still here. What about you? Still here. Hometown girl. Not going anywhere. I was so embarrassed to admit I never got out of town and tried to change the topic. My God, you look great, I said. Me? How about you? I don't think you've aged at all, he replied. That's the Davy I remember, always a kind word. Hey, you got some time? Let's get a drink at Cahunaville and catch up, he asked. 
I know it's Christmas Eve, and you've got family dash. I would love to. I replied a little too fast. If there is one thing I could use right now, it's a drink and an excuse not to get home early. Cahunaville was open on the mall's first floor for a few more hours. There were several twenty-somethings having drinks, but overall, the place was pretty empty. We sat in a quiet booth and had two tiki drinks. It was the most un-Christmas thing we could think of. Davy was an engineer living in Austin. He was married for ten years and divorced the past four. He had a daughter who lived with her mother and was in town to visit his mom as his father had died earlier this year. Christmas is always stressful, he admitted. I don't want to be a Grinch, but I'm happy when it's over. All the obligations. It's too much. He could tell his remarks were a downer and brightened up. But this. This is nuts, running into you on Christmas Eve. I mean right here in the mall where we work together and... Fucked? I replied, catching him a little off guard. I was going to say we enjoyed each other's company. He said politely. There was an awkward silence. Hey, look at this. I pulled out my necklace to show him I was wearing the elf charm he gave me twenty years ago. You've still got that? I bought it at Merry-Go-Round. Well, that store is ancient history. I wear it every December. It reminds me of being young before life got complicated. Davy could sense the conversation getting melancholy. I remember that night so clearly. He whispered. We were stoned on Santa's secret brownie stash. That was a first for me. Getting stoned. What happened? He asked. What happened on the 28th? I knew this question was coming. Best to address it now. Jimmy and I got back together on Christmas. He came to me so apologetic. So sad, and he played me. I seemed to attract that kind of loser. I drove by your house on the 28th like we planned. I waited outside for two hours. I know. I saw you parked there. I was torn. Part of me wanted to go. Part of me wanted you to go on without me. I was relieved when you left. I didn't go west. I went back to school. A year later I married Jimmy. I said flatly. It was a mistake. He had so many get-rich-quick schemes and got involved with some bad people. We lost our savings. He was a drinker, and a few years later, he got into an accident that left him paralyzed. Oh, Jen, I am so sorry. That must have been so difficult for you. I was set to leave him, but that kept me trapped for years. That's horrible. No, it's good now. He died from the complications, and while that sounds mean, it freed me for the first time. It's just me now, and I'm getting back out there. I'm thinking of getting a degree. Maybe business. I wish you had come with me, Davy said. As I said, I don't have a history of great decisions. Except that night in Santa's castle. That decision I'll never regret. We were awkward. I know I was. Yeah, you could not have told twenty-year-old me that sex takes some practice. I said. Sometimes I think if I had a time machine, I would use it to go back and tell myself some good sex moves. So, you wouldn't kill Hitler as a child? I asked. You would just go tell yourself some sex moves? Sure, but let me do the sex thing first. It might be hard to get in the mood after killing a kid, even if he's Hitler. The sweet drinks packed a punch, and I felt a little liquid courage boiling. So, what exactly would you tell young Davy? And more importantly, when? Well, I would start by urging him to visit other parts of a woman's anatomy. See what she's open to trying. Pleasure can be created in so many tight spots. Excellent. You might also tell him to buy Microsoft stock. Yes, I'll be sure to do that. What would you tell young Jennifer? I'd tell her about sex toys. Don't wait until you are older to buy sex toys. And porn. Watch some porn, and get some innovative ideas. I'd tell her this thing called the internet is coming, and it has porn, 
and you can order sex toys instead of going to Spencer Gifts. Nice. Also, be sure to remind her about Apple stock. You know what I would do first? I would tell her to run off with you 20 years ago. And I would tell 20-year-old Davy to stay parked outside your house until you did. The subject was sadly nostalgic, so I looked for a way to change the topic. How is it sleeping in your old bed? Oh, I'm at a hotel. I will not sleep on a twin bed. Plus, my mom gets up early and watches the news at full blast. I'm at the Courtyard Hotel, right across the street. Nothing says Christmas like staying in a hotel. Hey, it's okay. They got everything I needed. A TV, a comfortable bed, and a couch. Bathtub or a shower? Both. Like I said, this place has it all. I would do anything for a bath. I said flatly. It was the truth. My bathtub hasn't worked in four years. It leaks, and frankly, I don't have the money to fix it. If taking a bath is the simple pleasure that makes you happy, please be my guest. Make it as hot and as long as you like. You serious? Think of this as a Christmas gift. I'm going to take you up on this offer. Davy paid the tab, and we stood up to walk. The strength of the drinks gave us both a slight stagger, and he held my hand to steady me. As we walked outside, we were met by the cold air. I turned to him. Look, I want to bathe because I work all day and don't feel very pretty. That's crazy, you look amazing. He politely replied. Thanks. But I want to be clean when you fuck me tonight. Davy was caught off guard by the directness of my statement, but the night wasn't getting much younger, and if this was going to happen, someone had to put it out there, so I did. There was no response needed on his part. We ran across the empty mall parking lot to the Courtyard Hotel and went to Davy's room in seconds. It was a large suite with a king bed, ample seating, and a spacious bathroom. I removed my coat and turned on the water, feeling it with my hand to get it nice and hot. Davy handed me some bath salts. I'll wait out there. You don't want to watch? Do you want me to watch? I nodded yes as I pulled my sweater off, revealing my price chopper polo shirt. If I had any idea I would be getting late tonight, the price chopper shirt would be the last item I would choose to wear. I pulled it off to reveal my work sports bra. Not very sexy, but then again, I was not looking to turn anyone on at the grocery store. I unbuttoned my jeans and slid out of them. Davy was watching like a hungry child. Wearing only my bikini briefs, I bent over the tub to feel the water and stir the salts. I could feel his eyes on my ass like a warm caress. I stood and turned just inches away. I unhooked my bra, and my medium-sized breasts spilled out. I then stepped out of my panties, revealing my fully shaved pussy. At least I had groomed it recently, so it was clean and bald. The tip of my clit stuck out like a tongue. I led Davy to the toilet so he could sit and watch, then stepped into the tub and relaxed in the warm water. I love taking baths, and this was my best present in a long time. You're looking at my tits, aren't you? Well, I'm looking at all of you, but yeah, your breasts are smaller. I had a breast reduction about eight years ago. They were so big and even got bigger after you and I were last together. My back hurt, and I was tired of hearing people talk about my porn tits. So, it's better now? They look great. I mean, they look perfect. So much better. My husband, though, fought me on it. He wouldn't pay but I got my health plan to cover it. So, he couldn't stop me. But he must have been pleased afterward. I mean, you look amazing. You're 40, and look, I don't know, 28? Thank you, that's kind. I never got those kinds of comments from him. It turns out he liked parading his big titta wife around. He was furious. He refused to sleep with me for six months, and then came the accident, and that was it for him. Nothing worked after that. Thank God for sex toys. I lay back and looked at Davy as my hand drifted across my stomach toward my bare pussy. 
Sex toys are good. He agreed. I nodded in agreement. They can get me off. The only orgasm I ever had without a toy was the one time I was with you. You're just saying that. No, it's true my one and only. I took a cloth and began to wash myself. Davy kneeled by the tub and took the cloth from me. He applied some bath gel and washed my arms, neck, and back. More gel, and he raised my arms and cleaned my armpits. Moving to my legs, he scrubbed my stomach and then moved to my pussy, gently cleaning it outside and in. I'd open my legs wider, and he moved the towel to my perineum and finally, my back passage, gently cleaning it inside and out. When he was done, I stood up. Soap and water dripped off my body. Despite the warm water, my nipples were hard in anticipation. Throw me a towel. He threw me a tiny face cloth and smiled. I gently wiped my pussy dry of the bathwater and threw the cloth back at him. I waited to see how long it would take him to. I had not even finished my thought when Davy brought the cloth to his face to smell my wetness. I reached for a robe, threw it on, and walked over to Davy, who continued to watch my every move. Opening the robe just enough to reveal my left tit, I cupped my breast and held it out for him. He moved in with his hands, feeling his way, and brought his mouth to my areola, closed around it, and created a pleasant suction as he let his tongue tease my tender red nipples. I pushed him back and met his mouth with mine. Our tongues danced around each other's mouths, tickling and teasing from inside. Walking away, I left the bathroom and crawled on the width of the bed, remaining on all fours. I was feeling wild and primal. The idea of presenting myself from behind, like an animal in heat, caused my pussy to water in anticipation. I looked at the mirror on the wall and saw Davy approaching me from behind. When he got close enough, he flipped the robe up, revealing my round ass. While he could have done any number of approaches, including coming around to the other side of the bed and making me suck his cock, or climbing on the bed and fucking me from behind, he did either. Instead, he leaned over and separated my ass cheeks, massaging them while studying my waiting ass and pussy. Working in a hot grocery store and spending all day on my feet caused me to sweat. A co-worker told me how she shaved her pubic hair all off, keeping her far more comfortable. I began to clean shave a few years ago and loved the feeling. While my reasons were not sexual, in my private moments, I would finger myself in front of a mirror, getting excited at the view of my slit and asshole. My pussy was pink with lips that protruded slightly, and my backside was a dark wrinkled circle punctuated by a tiny round button of the flesh in the center. I'm sure a psychiatrist could tell me why I enjoyed viewing myself during masturbation, but I'm not sure I want to hear the reason. Davy's face was against my ass cheeks as he hovered over my backside, inhaling my clean scent. He pried my cheeks wider, and his tongue circled the wrinkles around my dark opening. The flesh on my perineum goosebumped as he licked, rotated, and then probed. I wanted him to push his tongue through my opening and attempt to gape myself open. He followed my lead down the rabbit hole while I brought my fingers up from underneath and massaged my clit, which was sweating my wetness onto the comforter, creating a growing wet stain. Davy was the first man who would taste my hairless pussy and ass, and I was thankful I had shaved myself this morning. Was it in anticipation of this moment? Did I have a hunch that I would be with Davy tonight after so much time had passed? The touch of his tongue on the wrinkles of my opening sent shivers through my body, and I rocked forward and widened my stance. My pussy opened slowly as my viscous wetness parted like a curtain before a show. I tipped myself down, pushing my open buttocks into Davy's face. His mouth moved to my pussy and began a more aggressive attack. I could have come right then and there. My wetness was growing, and I had to make a choice, ride his tongue right off the cliff or change positions. I had not been fucked in years, and I knew I needed that feeling. Pushing forward, I removed my ass from Davy's face and then rolled over with a smile that told him the best was yet to come. 
Davy took off his shirt to reveal his healthy figure. He wasn't rippling with muscles but offered a pleasant body to view and touch. A lot of the men I knew at forty had begun to form dad bods, with a soft gut and even man boobs, but Davy looked younger than his forty years. I scooched forward so I was sitting up with my legs off the bed and began to unbutton his five hundred and one jeans. I was excited about seeing his cock again after so long that I fumbled through the button fly. Pulling his pants down, I could see his hard on pressing on his boxers. He helped me pull them down, and his cock sprang free. It had been twenty years since I had seen and felt his thickness. Massaging it with my hand, I gave it a few strokes and watched as the thick mushroom tip turned slightly purple from blood flow. I took it in my mouth and suckled just the cap of his cock like it was a giant nipple. He put his hands on my head, trying to coax me to take him deeper. He didn't attempt to pull my face in, he just gave a gentle prod. He was being a gentleman. He was being polite. He was trying not to overstep boundaries. I wanted none of that. I wanted this man to fuck me hard with relentless force. To punish me. I took my mouth off his cock and looked up at him. Fuck my face. I asked. I just want to be gentle. He replied. And I want you to fuck my face hard. I put my face back on his cock, and he returned his hands to my head and pulled me in. He was still being gentle, so I went in deep, taking his cock to the back of my mouth and then out again. He understood my desire and pulled me back in aggressively. His raging cock moved into my throat. Then, a quick pull out and another strong drive in. My mouth filled with saliva to lubricate his aggressive face fucking. With each thrust his cock thickened. While the pleasure of the act was his, my pussy tingled with the feeling of being dominated. I didn't want it to stop, but I needed him to fuck me. I pulled away from his cock, jerking him off as I caught my breath. He wiped saliva from my face as I looked up at him like an obedient dog. I don't deserve to get fucked by you, I said. I was telling the truth. I didn't deserve Davy's love after deserting him years ago. He had every right to either send me away or violate me. Davy picked up on my cues and pushed me back on the bed. He then crawled on top of me and held my hands together with his strong hand as he used his other hand to jam his thick cock in my waiting pussy. He brought his mouth to mine but did not kiss me. Lick your pussy and ass off my face, he demanded. I obeyed and used my tongue to bathe his face while picking up the flavors my ass and pussy had left on his soft skin. I could taste the earthen flavors of figs. With each lick, my spent essence radiated to my clit. Finally, he kissed me as he pushed his hips forward and stretched out my tight pussy walls. He had no idea how long it had been since I had a cock in me. He could not fathom the level of pleasure I felt as he went aggressively deep, allowing his balls to slap against my asshole. He continued to hold my arms while he dominated me, causing my excitement to build. He brought his face to my breasts and bit down on my right nipple, capturing it in his mouth, and sucked on it, causing it to swell in pain. It hurt, and at first, I wanted him to stop, but the pain was pleasurable. And it felt like I deserved it. He moved to the other breast and gave it a broad lick, causing the nipple to plump and the small circle around my nipple to rise. I hoped he liked my breasts as they were now. So many guys wanted me for my big tits that I panicked at the thought he might be upset with me for getting them reduced. If he was unhappy, he didn't show it as he worked his hips driving his cock in and out while almost torturing my tits with his mouth. My pussy was making wet sounds as the moisture and the friction combined to heat our connection. I wanted to come so bad. I'm your whore, treat me like that. I begged. I could tell Davy was not used to this kind of play. Jen, I don't want to degrade. Davy was ruining the moment for me. He didn't understand my need to be degraded. My desire to be treated like dirt. He had no idea the lie I was perpetrating and the punishment I deserved. Fuck me like you'll never see me again. Jen, stop. 
he said and pulled his cock from my pussy. This isn't what you were like twenty years ago. I sat up and looked at him. I'm not the girl I was twenty years ago. Life changes people, and this is what I need to get off. Can you do that or should I leave? I'm just not used to being abusive like that. And I'm not used to being treated better. Some other time maybe you can romance me, but tonight either fuck me like a whore or I'll leave. Davy looked at me for a moment and gathered himself. Suck my cock so I can come in your mouth, he said with faux anger. He lay back and began to stroke his cock as I crawled between his legs. Beg me to suck my cock, he demanded. Baby, can I suck your cock for you? Can I make you come? He pushed my head toward his penis, and I licked and down his shaft, which was getting thicker and stiffer with each pass. I moved down and took one of his balls in my mouth as I stroked him the other. I'm going to come in your mouth, he grunted. If that's what you want, baby, I'll swallow your load. I slid forward and began licking under his balls along the ridge of his perineum. I could sense he had never experienced something like that and became emboldened by his rising pleasure. His asshole was puckering as my tongue darted ever so near. His musk was pleasant, and the area around his pucker reminded me of cherry pipe tobacco my grandfather smoked. I knew if I went in, he would not last. Baby, can I make you come now? I asked. You don't need to. I mean, sure, I'll come. My tongue wet his anus, and then I slipped my forefinger inside. I felt him go rigid from the unexpected intrusion. He let out a weak groan, and I began to slide the finger around, stopping on the hidden spongy area, his prostate gland. I returned to suck his cock aggressively as I massaged him deep inside. I'm going come, he said with rising aggressiveness. Now, he was getting it. How about you fuck me like you would fuck a whore? From behind, I asked. I stopped sucking and fingering his ass, then quickly got on all fours and held the headboard, my legs spread, my pussy watering, ready for his cock and anxious for his seed. Davy came up behind me and guided his cock inside. Doggy style is impersonal, but any girl will tell you the penetration feels best. I groaned with delight as he slid his fat cock up my vagina. Does my pussy feel tight enough for you, baby? I asked. So good. He reacted. I'm so close. You're going to make me come. Do I have permission to come, baby? Davy was well into my submissiveness. No, you don't get to come until I do. Yes, baby, I can make you come. With that, he paused as I squeezed my pelvic muscles, causing my pussy to milk his cock from inside. Davy groaned in pleasure. He pushed harder to get his cock in deeper, then did a half withdrawal. My tightness expanded but never released its tight, vice-like grip on his cock, hugging it tight like a turtleneck sweater. In and out, our body temperatures rose as his balls slapped against my vulva. He pushed hard, and the trapped air in my pussy escaped in a loud queef. He increased his fuck speed, and my pussy continued to make noise from the trapped wet air. He did not slow down and continued to foveviolate me. I sensed his orgasm building deep inside. I had been holding back my orgasm and let it go to join him. His hands were on my shoulders to steady himself as he fucked away at me from behind. Davy's body spasmed as he was coming but it was me who let out the long, painful moan as my orgasm shredded my body with pleasure I had not felt in twenty years. This was the pleasure I remembered. Davy's hand grabbed a clump of my hair and pulled on it as he flooded my snatch with semen. He controlled my body's convulsions like a rider holding a horse by grasping its mane. We fell to the bed exhausted. Davy's cock was still in me as we tried to catch our breath. Finally it retracted, and the remnants of his orgasm flowed out of my hairless pussy, leaving his thick, frothed semen in a puddle on the bed. Davy rolled toward me and held me tight in a spoon. Despite letting him demean me, this is what I craved, the warm body of someone who cared for me, holding, caressing, and loving me. 
he held me close in postcode of bliss. Come with me back to Austin, he whispered. I rolled over to look at the man who had given me the only two intercourse orgasms of my life. Just like that? Just like you should have done twenty years ago. I have things here in Rochester. Responsibilities. I don't want to minimize your job, but you can be much more. Come with me. Don't think about it. Just do it. All right. Okay. I'll do it. Davy smiled and held me tight as we drifted off to sleep. I hated to lie to him, but leaving Rochester was out of the question. When I was sure Davy peacefully slept, I quietly gathered my things. I picked up his phone, opened the contacts, and deleted my number. I strolled across the parking lot back to the mall where my car was parked then drove home. It was well past midnight, and the streets were mostly empty. It was silent, peaceful, and beautiful. That was how I remembered that evening. My evening with Davy was the best I had in twenty years since my last evening with Davy. I knew it was the last time I would see him. I came home, walked up the wheelchair ramp to my door, and quietly let myself in. The TV was on, and Jimmy's wheelchair was in front of the set. Where the fuck have you been? Jimmy said without turning to acknowledge my presence. He had been drinking, and the place reeked of alcohol. It was crazy busy, and I had to close up. I replied, Those fuckers don't appreciate you. He said as if to say he did. I'm going to my room to sleep. We've got Christmas lunch at my sister's tomorrow. Great, just fucking great. Your sister. What a treat. With that, he wheeled himself into the den that had been converted into his bedroom since the accident. He sat there looking at me with disdain. I came over and did my job, helping him into the bed. He was asleep before I could leave the room. I went upstairs and lay in my bed, recalling the feeling of being bathed, touched with caring hands, held by loving arms, and kissing warm lips that kissed me back. My evening with Davy came at a moment when I needed it most. I just wanted to sleep and relive it all again. Davy. On the 28th of December in 2003, I searched my phone for Jen's number. She had given it to me while having drinks at Cahunaville. It was gone. Deleted. Why? I had let her walk away twenty years ago and regretted it. Not this time. I found her address in the phone book and decided to go to her, pick her up in my arms, and drive away. Leave everything behind and find that island. Her house was in an older, tired neighborhood of Rochester. Here, blue-collar homes were run down and in need of love. Turning on her street, I found her house. A wooden wheelchair ramp had been built in place of the front steps. I waited in the car, trying to figure out what to do next. The door opened to the house, and Jen emerged. I was about to exit the car when she propped the door open, returned inside, and appeared again, pushing a man in a wheelchair to the stoop and down the ramp to the car. She helped him inside the vehicle. I was confused and stepped out to approach her. She looked over and saw me thirty yards away, and we made eye contact. She was embarrassed. I could see it in her face. She shook her head. No. Then got in the car and drove off. I would not see her again for twenty years. 2023. The Arondequat Mall was for sale. It was once the center of my universe from junior high school through college. Now, the sprawling complex was closed. All the stores were gone. This was great news for our facility acquisitions department. Amazon had been buying warehouse space all across the country. Giant warehouses and even malls. Any place to hold our products and facilitate distribution. When the acquisitions team learned we were in competition with another buyer for the mall, I was sent along with the team to close the deal before the end of the year. We arrived a few days before Christmas to start negotiations. My job was to study the mall's engineering, find flaws, and help lower the bidding price. I spent the better part of the week crawling through rafters, working my way from one closed store to another. 
the Gap, Banana Republic, Victoria's Secret, and Sears were all gone. Only empty spaces remained. The mall that was once so crowded was now a ghost town, thanks partly to my employers. I still needed to inspect the J.C. Pennies, but could not get into that part of the complex. The management company arranged for a representative to meet me on the 24th. Yes, it was Christmas Eve, but I was on a deadline. Working through the holiday was fine with me. My daughter and her fiancé were in the Carolinas. My parents were dead, so I had nothing better to do this year than work. I sat in the remnants of the food court, looking at what was once an orange Julius, when I heard someone approaching. I saw a woman in business attire walking toward me from a distance. She had white shoulder-length hair, but I could not distinguish her features at a distance without my glasses. As she drew closer, my heart began to race. Standing before me was Jen Ostern. I last saw her twenty years to the day. Her hair was longer and now snow-white, but that beautiful face, those eyes, and that smile were unmistakable, and despite pushing sixty, she looked young and vibrant. Davy? Is that really you? Jen! Oh my god! What are you doing here? I work for Amazon and... Before I could finish, Jen rushed forward and embraced me tight. I returned the embrace, unsure why she was standing in the mall with me. You're my 1230? She shouted. This is nuts. I don't follow. I said, still confused. I work for the Genesee developers, the idiots who own this mall. I'm in commercial real estate. They told me someone needed to get into JCPenney's. That's me. I need to inspect it. I'm an engineer for Amazon's acquisitions department. Jen looked great in her business suit. I was more than impressed and somewhat relieved. The last time I saw you, you worked for Price Chopper. Oh my god! A lifetime ago. I'm in commercial real estate now. Eighteen years, she said, handing me her business card with a picture of her standing proudly before a sold sign. That's great. I'm happy for you. My husband died eighteen years ago, and I made changes in my life. I'm sorry to hear that. His death and all. She looked at me with an embarrassed face. It's the truth this time. He passed. I never judged you for bending the truth. I could never know what it was like to live in your world. Thank you for that. I don't know many people who could put up with me the way you have. She keyed open the metal grating that blocked off the J.C. Penny, and we entered. I looked around as we talked. Her husband died two years after our night in the hotel complications from his accident. For her... It was a release from bondage that began the day after Christmas 1983. That day, she returned to a guy who was no good for her and had paid for that mistake for over two decades. She wanted kids in the American dream but got neither. But when she was set free, she shed everything and was prepared to leave Rochester when her mother became ill. She stayed and picked a job selling real estate. She was a great salesperson, and it worked out well. When her mother died, business was good, too good to leave and so she continued to be trapped in a city she did not love and put off her dream of finding her island. Now, the commercial market had tanked. The city was dying, as evidenced by businesses like Kodak and IBM leaving the area. When I'm in this building, I feel like it's telling me I must leave. It's gone, and I should be, too. If you told twenty-year-old me that in four more decades, this mall would be dead, I would never have believed you. I said, somewhat sad that elements of my youth were slowly disappearing. She had dated here and there but mostly, she worked nearly every day of the week. Her new career started with a real estate boom, and as she approached 50 and now 60, she was financially set. Once she assumed control of her life, it finally began to go in the right direction. She had googled me once and saw that I lived in Eugene. She meant to reach out but was unsure if I remarried. I did remarry. It lasted about three years. We were not right for each other. 
It was a quick break. Two-time loser here. Welcome to the club. She replied. Although I've only been married once, it should count as three or four. Amazon has me all over the place. I feel like the grim reaper of old buildings. When I show up, it usually means your hometown has died a little bit more, and I am here to pick flesh from the bones. Well, this place should have a use other than to lay empty. She said with an upbeat smile. That's a nice way to look at it. Of course, we are the reason it is empty. I took some photos and made some notes, and we walked back out to the area in front of the store, securing the gate behind us. Davy, I can't believe this. Running into you on Christmas Eve. It's such a coincidence. No, it's not. Twice was a coincidence. But three times? Fate? A message from the universe? She replied with a joking smile. We both looked at the spot where Santa's village would be created every fall and were only a few feet from where we consummated our strange relationship. The moment was awkward. I didn't want her to leave, but my work here was done, so there was no good reason for her to stay. Hey, I'm treating myself to a nice steak and whiskey at the Scotch and Sirloin for my Christmas dinner. I made reservations for one, but I'm certain they can find me an extra chair if you want to join me. I said hopefully. Oh my God! I would love to go, but I committed to my sister's big Christmas Eve dinner. What about the 26th? Maybe we can catch lunch? Both our calendars were full for the next few days, so getting together seemed less likely to happen. We exchanged cell numbers and decided to text each other in a few days to see if we could get that lunch before I left Rochester for the last time ever. Where are you staying? She asked. Our team is at the Marriott, but they've already left. I will stay at my parents' house for the next few nights. I'm getting ready to sell it. Time to throw out more memories. I walked her out of the mall. We hugged and drove off, probably to never see each other again. That night, I took an Uber to the Scotch and Sirloin. I wanted a nice buzz, so driving was out of the question. The Uber pulled into the parking lot of the restaurant just a few blocks from the dead mall. I was hellbent on enjoying a rare porterhouse and 12-year-old Scotch whiskey. I didn't eat very much red meat since my mid-fifties, per doctor's orders, but this was my Christmas gift to myself. Uniformed waiters gave the dark restaurant an old-school charm. Freddy, the waiter, brought out my first cocktail, which was superb. I read the menu even though I knew what to order when a hand took my drink from me. I'm not done with it, Freddy. And I'm not Freddy. I looked up to see Jen sitting next to me in the cozy booth. She was dressed in a stunning silver dress which hugged her body. She was sixty or soon to be sixty and looked twenty years younger a timeless beauty. This is a surprise, I said with a smile. My cousin has several kids, and they have kids, and Christmas Eve at her house is a shit show. I made an excuse and left. What was the excuse? I had a date. A reoccurring date. A Christmas date every twenty years. She had a bag from CVS in her hand, which she placed in her coat pocket. Last-minute gift shopping at CVS? I kidded. I hope you got that clock radio I was dreaming about. Cholesterol and blood pressure meds. She replied. The perks of getting older. Freddie came by, and Jen ordered a 25-year-old Glenlivet. I am impressed. You know you're scotch. No, I googled it when I walked in the door. But don't let Freddie know. I want him to think I'm either a wealthy heiress or a high-priced hooker. Please tip him like you can afford to hang out with either of those girls. Well, if this is a date, I will. Yes, it's a date. Our meal was superb, the drinks were strong, and Jen and I covered the last twenty years of our lives. She never left Rochester, but her life got better. She was a cancer survivor and began running for the first time since high school. She had her mind set to run a marathon. I told her of my career in engineering and how I began working for Amazon 15 years ago. The money was good, 
but the job was dull. How do we keep ending up together on Christmas Eve? She asked. I think we could sell our story to Hallmark for a movie. We might want to leave out the divorces and dead husband's part. I said. And the clinical depression and sense of hopelessness and bad, bad decisions. She added. We might have to keep out all the wild sex too. Okay, maybe this isn't for Hallmark after all. I said. But damn, that sex was good. If I can be honest, it was great. Jen said as she savored the Glenlivet. A few more drinks and our filters were lowered. Anyone within eavesdropping distance would have heard some very spicy conversation. We left the restaurant and looked across the street at the closed around Aquat Mall. We were looking into the past. It was a time machine where we materialized every twenty years, and here we were again. I pulled up my Uber app. Where to? I asked. Well, we fucked in the mall. We fucked at that hotel over there. How about we fuck in your childhood bed? I always loved how direct she could be and prayed there was an Uber driver out there at this hour on Christmas Eve. The app spun, and then... Got one! I said with excitement. Chris, and he's in a red Camry. Three minutes out. Jen snuggled in close to me for warmth. Despite wearing our winter coats, she felt wonderful to hold, and I turned to face her. Our faces moved in for a gentle kiss that lingered. I hate to break up this moment, but I'm looking for Davy. We broke our kiss to see a red Camry with an older driver. We each did a double take as the driver looked like Santa Claus with a flowing white beard. Wow, that was quick, and I wasn't expecting. You weren't expecting Santa? Yeah, I get that a lot this time of year. Jen and I climbed in the back as Uber Santa drove us toward my home. The back seat of the Camry was cramped, and she leaned into me. Placing her hand on my inner thigh, she gently rubbed my leg, knowing full well my cock would expand from her touch. He looks just like our stoner mall Santa. She whispered. Jen was right. The Uber guy looked like our mall Santa from 1983. But that guy was at least in his 60s back then. He would be over 100 now, so he had to be a different guy. Shame about that mall. Uber Santa commented as we passed its empty remains. I used to work there, he said nostalgically. So did we, Jen replied. We were Santa's elves. Were you our Santa? I asked. Come on. That would make me about 100 years old. We never said when we were elves. The mall has been closed for three years. They stopped doing Santa's Village about ten years ago. I assume you worked as elves in your teens, so I'm thinking it was in the mid-1980s. About that time, I worked at Radio Shack, next to the Spencer Gifts. This Uber driver missed his calling as a detective. Uber Santa then talked about the good old days of Radio Shack, but I was lost in the warmth of Jen's touch and the thought of feeling her body against mine. We arrived at my house. Jen stepped out the passenger side, and I left the driver's. Uber Santa rolled down his window. Thanks for the ride, Uber Santa. Hey, Davy, she's still a knockout. Even with the silver hair and without the big tits. And with that, Uber Santa drove off, leaving me bewildered. I saw Jen and the streetlights glow, shivering from the cold. Hurry up, I gotta pee bad, she said as she danced, trying not to wet herself. Taking her hand, we went inside to find that the gas had been shut off and the heater was not working. Fortunately, there was firewood, and it was only a moment before I had a roaring fire while she used the bathroom. When she returned, the fireplace put out more than enough heat to warm the living room. I made a bed on the floor from several comforters and pillows. The warmth of the fireplace and the yellow glow made this the perfect spot for what might happen. As we shed our coats, I couldn't help but notice Jen's chest was smaller than the last time I saw her twenty years ago. She sat in front of the fire. You're looking at my breasts. No, no, I wasn't. You are. It's okay, you've seen them before. You know what they were like when we were twenty and then forty, 
This time it's different. I had a cancer scare a few years ago. I had a double lumpectomy. They removed several masses from my breasts. I'm so sorry to hear that. God, life has not treated you fairly. It's okay. I'm okay 100% in the clear. So, believe it or not, Jenny Juggs got a breast enhancement. You know about Jenny Juggs? Yeah, Mal Santo was anything but subtle, and it was the 80s. He tried to brush up against my boobs nearly every day. Jen reached back and undid the top of her silver dress, letting it fall away, revealing her naked torso. Her breasts were smaller than 20 years ago when they had been reduced and much smaller than 40 years ago when they would have made a porn actress jealous, but they were perfect in every way. A subtle scar was evident below each breast, but nothing more. I then saw the elf necklace reflecting the firelight. They look great. I said, unsure what to say in such a situation. How did they? Trust me, you don't want to hear the details, but while other women's boobs get bigger as they age, I seem to be going backward. Can I? Touch them? I wish you would. She approached me, put her arms around my neck, and pulled me in for a passionate kiss. I tenderly kissed down her neck as she pushed my head toward her nipples. I felt the texture of her skin on my tongue. Her nipples were hypersensitive to my exploration. I brought my hand up, gently massaging her soft breasts, and then kissed them with passion. She slipped out of her dress, leaving only her thong between us. I lifted my shirt over my head as she undid my belt, and gently slid her hand inside, grasping my cock gently. Her hands were warm, and my girth grew at her touch. Dropping to her knees, she pulled my pants and underwear down and began to stroke my growing cock. I was stiff in seconds. She gently placed her mouth over the tip and let her tongue circle my glands. The warmth of her moist mouth felt wonderful, and I wanted to ram my cock deep inside, but she beat me to it, gently sliding down and engulfing my manhood until her lips were around my hilt. Her slow burn blow job went on for several minutes. It was tender and torturous, and I wanted it to stop, or I would finish too fast. She withdrew my cock from her mouth and looked up as she masturbated me. I wasn't sure what she needed, so I decided to ask. Do you want me to treat you like a whore? No. That was a difficult time for me. I felt ugly and wanted to be treated ugly. Please treat me like you care, even if that's false. I do care. I've always cared. Then show me. I laid her on her back, the fire illuminating her body, then knelt between her legs and began to kiss her belly. She was softer than twenty years ago, with a slight muffin top that her clothing hid. For a woman of sixty, she was amazing. She put her hand on my head pushing me downward toward her waiting pussy. I kissed and licked myself downward, coming to a well-trimmed silver bush. She opened her legs, and the bush slowly parted, revealing her wet labia, waiting for me to taste. I remember how large her clit was and made sure to suckle it gently before taking my tongue and doing a slow drag down her pink opening and then back up. She shuddered from my deliberate attack and pressed my head inward. Opening her legs wider, I licked her pink wetness up and down, always returning to her clit. She pulled her legs back and held her knees so her ass tipped up toward me. She wanted me to taste her ass, and I was only too eager. Pointing my tongue, I gently circled her dark flesh entry, feeling the folds of her puckernut on my tongue, and then pushed my way inside and shattered that last taboo. Oh God! She cried with pleasure, as the nerve endings around her were startled into firing. Empowered by her reaction, I pushed inward and began licking and tonguing her ass. She was clean and tasted of rich— dark avocado honey tangy with a burnt flavor of a distant sweetness. I remained eating her ass until she pulled at me to come up to her face. She began exploring my mouth with hers, licking her dark flavors off my face. The taste of her earthen insides flooded her with adrenaline, and she aggressively reached down to grasp my cock. 
She guided me toward her pink slit and, with two hands, one on each of my ass cheeks, pushed me inside her. The wetness of her pussy and my moistened cock created a fapping sound as I sank deep inside her until my balls rested on her ass. I then withdrew slightly and pushed in again. Her pussy made wet sounds, and I could hear air escaping as I increased my cadence and began to ride her. Wait, 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 she said, pushing me off. I gotta pee so bad. I rolled off her as she hopped up and quickly walked to the bathroom. I laid on my back, my head on the couch pillow, the blankets beneath me, looking at her fantastic ass. It was bigger than before, with little hints of cellulite, but oh so inviting. I could hear her pee, flush, wash, and she returned. The firelight lit her long legs, and I could see her whole body as she stood over me. Her pubic hair was thin and delicate. A mixture of gray matching her head. Her face was natural. No Botox, no lifts, just an unassuming woman who, despite years of depression, remained as beautiful as she was when I first met her. I lay on the ground, stoking my cock while looking at her. She walked toward me, stood over me, then kneeled so her pussy was on my chest, inches from my face. She ran her finger through her moist slit and then placed it in my mouth. I sucked her finger savoring her pussy's flavor, which now had a hint of salt from her urine. I pulled her forward so her essence could flood my olfactory senses. She shuffled forward until my face was between her legs and lowered her pussy to my mouth. My tongue, mouth, and nose went to work as she slid forward and back on my face, riding me gently. I could feel the bump of her cleft and her swollen clit. She rode my face for several minutes, and I felt her heat rising. I don't think she expected an orgasm to arrive this quickly, but I could sense it was on its way. I think I'm going to come. She moaned and tried to pull off my face so she could delay the action. I held her firm. I wanted her to come this way. I wanted to feel her body on my face as she went through the pleasure contractions. She began to get wetter, and the flavor of her pussy's emissions changed. I was now tasting sweetness. I assumed this was an indicator of her body's chemical reaction to my tongue's work, and I was right. She slid forward and stopped with my tongue pressing on her ass entry. Her body went rigid, and she shook as she let out a long gasp. Her puckered hole pulsated with pleasure. She pushed herself against my face and then rode it until she was spent. Jen rolled off me and lay silent before the fire. I slid behind her and held her as she peered into the flames. That was my third orgasm with a man, ever. Are you sure? Very, it was beautiful. It was. Long overdue. She smiled and held my arm, stroking it. I wondered what she was thinking about. I want another, she whispered. Don't you want to rest? I asked. Do you need a rest? Because I don't, she replied. Well, no, but I didn't finish yet, so... Let's see what we can do about that, she replied. Jen turned over and got on all fours, facing the fire. She bent down so her ass was up, face down, leaving me staring at her waiting ass. She widened her stance and pussy, giving me a full view of her two entry points. She reached between her legs and began to swirl her fingers around her vagina. I crawled toward her, examining her tight puckernut in the firelight. She was perfectly groomed, hairless, around her knotted hole. I ran my finger gently up her pussy, stopping on the button of her ass, and pressed lightly. I want you to explore me, try something new. There's so much I've never done. Jen moaned with pleasure. I wasn't sure if it was spontaneous or just a courtesy moan telling me she liked what I was doing and to keep at it. I pushed my finger against her sphincter, gently ringing her back door. True confession. I had never had anal sex, and from the looks of it, that was what Jen was offering. I poked my finger deeper into her dark hole and felt my balls swell in anticipation. I've never done anal. I confessed. Then that makes two of us.
she replied. Should we? I asked. What if it hurts? How did we make it to sixty and never had anal sex? She asked. Our history of bad choices. I guess that's another. Sitting up, she said. Open my handbag. I crawled over to her handbag. Jen let the fire warm her. I handed her the handbag, and she pulled out the CVS bag. You need cholesterol meds right now? Not exactly. She pulled out a small bottle of lube and threw it to me. It was pina colada flavored. Pina colada flavored lube? They had a lot of flavors, but I wasn't in the browsing mood. Be thankful I got it at all, or you would not be fucking my ass tonight. So, this is happening? I said. We are on our third date. I think anal on the third date is acceptable. Lay down. I want to be able to see your face. I lay on my back as she straddled me. Grasping my cock she slid it into her pussy which coated my penis with her thick effluence. I was happy to be inside her and would have been glad to finish with her riding me with her snatch, but she pulled me out, bent forward, moved up, and blindly guided my cock to her waiting asshole. She widened her stance yet again, allowing her anus to open slightly. I spread her ass cheeks apart and slathered the lube on my hand, then gently stroked her from behind, wiping the lube from her perineum to her darkest hole. She reacted with a groan of pleasure. The lube was slightly cold, but her body's warmth heated it. Jen bent forward, and I moved my fingers to her rear, poking in a forefinger and sliding it in deep. Another groan of pleasure, and I pulled it out with a wet pop. I immediately re-entered with two fingers, doubling her pleasure and pain. I knew she needed to be loose before penetration. I spread my fingers against the smooth walls of her rectum, and she groaned in appreciation. I'm ready for you. She moaned. With that, I withdrew my fingers, and she grasped my cock, pressing it against her anus. The tight hole opened slightly, having been teased by my fingers, and she guided the mushroom tip of my cock through the small opening, which expanded to take me. There was a bit of resistance from her first sphincter, but I pushed through. She put her hand on my chest to slow me, and I could see she was wincing in pain. I can stop. No, just go slow. Her outer sphincter relaxed, and I slid in slightly, coming to another barricade. This was her inner sphincter, the last guardian of the darkness. Since she was sitting on my cock, I couldn't push, so she did. With a determined look, she pushed herself against my cock, and the second sphincter relented, and I slid effortlessly through into the tightness of her chamber. Oh, it's in. Jen could not finish her thought from the pain and pleasure mixture. She winced as I slid deep. The smoothness of her dark passage was unlike a vagina. It was softer, tighter and I slid to a halt when my cock was fully engulfed. She was not moving or pulling. Jen slightly groaned, but I could hear the pleasure in its tone. She took over and began to slide back and forth, working my cock up into her ass. The smell of pina colada lube and Jen's earthy essence filled my senses as she used my cock to churn the millions of nerve endings in her ass, causing them to fire almost all at once, bringing intense pleasure. She arched back and leaned back on me with her hands, expanding the gap of her pussy as she forced herself deep into my cock. I was almost there. I could feel my ejaculation swelling. Sliding my fingers in her empty vagina, I could actually feel my cock through her distended vaginal walls. The sensation of my cock in her ass and my fingers massaging her sugar walls caused her pussy to water profusely. So much for postmenopausal dryness. Her sphincter began to pulsate and tighten around my shaft as she continued to arch back. With two fingers on each hand, she massaged her nipples, then moved her fingers to her clit. She let out a huge breath and winced as her orgasm rose in waves like water filling a bucket that would soon overflow. That was all I needed, and I began to come violently. It had been a while since I had sex or masturbated, and my load was hot, thick, and under extreme pressure. 
I could feel my semen filling her rectum, looking for any place it could go. Despite the airtight seals she created around my cock, rivulets of semen and moisture escaped her ass and into my pubic hair at the base of my cock. She relaxed and placed her hands on my chest to support herself as she tried to get her breathing control. The heat from the fireplace had created a sheen of sweat on us both. Drops of sweat trickled from her armpits, and a bead of sweat collected on her nipple and then fell. She was only seconds behind me with her orgasm. Her fingers were moving at a furious pace as she worked her clit. The combo of her fingers and my cock made her orgasm the strongest I'd ever felt. Every muscle in her body clenched, and her rectum pulsated as she shook. My ejaculation was done, and the aggressive squeeze her sphincter was putting on my cock was turning painful, and then it was over. She relaxed and placed her hands on my chest to support herself as she tried to get her breathing control. The heat from the fireplace had created a sheen of sweat on us both. Drops of sweat trickled from her armpits, and a bead of sweat collected on her nipple and then fell. She leaned down and stroked my hair as she eased her glistening breast into my mouth so that I could taste her salty sweat. She then met my lips with hers, and we kissed passionately. Not an erotic French kiss, but a gentle connection of our lips that was delicate and meaningful. I remained inside her as my cock began to go flaccid. So, this is about to become awkward, she said. Are you going to tell me something awful? No, but you just pushed a lot of air inside, and when your penis comes out, I can't guarantee a ladylike ending to this connection. I laughed, and then helped her slide forward. My cock was three-quarters out when the muscles in her ass did their job and expelled me like a foreign object. True to her word, the air escaping her ass created a hiss and then a rather loud and wet fart. Not one, but several. She buried her face in my shoulder, stifling her laughter. I couldn't keep it in and laughed along with her. You're never too old to laugh at farting. I grabbed the comforter and covered us as we remained by the glowing fireplace. I know we've only seen each other three times in the past forty years, but is it premature to say I love you? she asked. It's forty years overdue, I replied. I love you, I have since that first day at the North Pole. I spooned her as we lay by the fire. It was quiet and peaceful, a rare moment you can remember forever. And then she farted again. The morning light woke us both up. Merry Christmas, she whispered, grabbing another blanket to warm herself now that the fire had died. Now, this is a Christmas miracle. How so? she asked. It's Christmas morning, and we're together. That's never happened before, so it must be a miracle. You're right. This is the part where I blow you off, and we don't see each other for twenty more years. I don't want to die of old age only having seen you four times in sixty years. I won't do that, I replied. What if we just drove away? Just rolled out from the city, ex-husbands, shit jobs, and mistakes of the past. Just you and me doing what we should have done forty years ago. I'm sixty. You're sixty. We can't start over now. We just can't, she said sadly. Who wrote those rules? Who said that kind of adventure is for the young? We were forced to be old before our time. We've been old since we were twenty. Well, this is our time. You have a life. I have a life, she said sadly. I felt her trying to back away from the facts I was listing. Hunting for dead malls is not a life. It's a living and I'm done living that way. I have a business. I have clients. I own a house. I can't leave with someone. Someone, I interrupted. Someone you barely know. I've known you longer than anyone else in my life. I have attachments here, she insisted. You have exactly what I have, an attachment to nothing. Not Rochester, not Amazon. We have nothing, but we do have each other. And when we have each other, I am that twenty-year-old kid again. Excited as hell to dress like an elf to spend the day with you at the mall. 
We do have each other, she admitted, and that is something no one else has. I added, walk with me out of this house, get in the car with me, and we will drive west. Wherever we find ourselves, we'll be there together. She looked out the window at the light snow falling. She didn't have to say a thing. I knew what she was thinking. 2024 today is New Year's Day, the start of a new year and a new life. Jen is asleep in the passenger seat as we are rolling into Seattle. Along the way, we found our destination, Bainbridge Island in the Puget Sound. I look at her and see she's wearing the elf necklace. I remember that special moment 40 years ago and whisper, Jen, will you marry me? Turns out she's not sleeping. She smiles. In a heartbeat, she answers. We drive across the Agate Pass Bridge to spend our new life together on an island.